sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. We're Femme Noir. This show is all about women, specifically in film. We're going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome back to Femme Noir. We are a podcast where we review and analyze films written by, directed by, or starring women and discuss their representation pertaining to the industry and what we see on screen. Um, as usual, we will go through just a little bit of our structure before we kick things off. Um, we're going to start off just talking about things that happen within the, the media, film, television, sphere, gossip, news, whatever, um, things that we are excited to see that are coming out, things that we watch that we want to talk about just a little bit, um, and then we'll go into the review of the movie and that will be just things that work for the movie things that don't we will then play our infamous game of fmf where we choose who we are going to fuck marry or friend zone with the prominent men in the film and then of course we will rate the film 10 being the perfect film 5 being wouldn't watch it again but i did enjoy watching it at that time um and then one would be you just should have left it on the cutting room floor After that, we will recommend movies that we think are similar, movies slash sometimes TV, um, that we think you might enjoy if you enjoyed this movie. All right, so let's get started. I'm Serena. And I'm Whitney. And hello, Whitney. Hello. (laughs) All right, so what, what, uh, I don't know, do you have any movie news to talk about? Anything Um, that you found online or anything? No movie news recent no recent movie news i know i can't really think of anything either let's see oh there was that one thing where people are just they're kind of just like now making um reels about the whole don't worry darling um (laughs) drama i guess (laughs) gotcha um I saw, yeah, I definitely saw some headlines regarding whether um, Shia LaBeouf quit or if he was fired um, and the director not wanting to mit- uh, recast um, because recasting is very hard. Um, mm-hmm. And depending on the contracts that they have in place um, can be very expensive. Uh, but I didn't get too into it. I, I didn't really read too much of them, um, mostly because it was while I was drinking my morning coffee, so... <laughs> I figured I'd, I honestly, I'd go back to them later. I, like, heard that whole thing with, like, Shia LaBeouf, and I was like, why is he 
being cast in movies like did he like i don't know get his shit together because <laughs> like there were Say so many things time, sorry, you cut out. oh like I, did he get his shit together because there were like so many things that came out about him and like his interactions with people not being great like lots of sexual assault harassment things like that and i know like they completely took his name like out of the marketing for that pieces of a woman movie that he was in yeah and this was after uh honey boy came out honey boy and i think peanut butter falcon those two movies had come out and he was like yeah i'm doing good i'm doing good and then like just kind of exploded again so i'm like wait we're talking about him again what (laughs) weird why was he gonna be in this movie from what i heard uh he was getting his life together um he was trying to do the work um i don't know if that included rehab or therapy um just that he was actively trying to get better um But a lot of people are still upset because he hasn't apologized for anything he's done. Uh. Um, And it's not just, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get better and then suddenly you're better. Getting better and part of that whole process should include apologizing and making reparations for any of the harm that you've done. And like recognizing your fault. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because like I think – I think recently I was reading something about James Franco and I don't remember how it came out because there's like the whole thing with James Franco and like Seth Rogen where James Franco had sexual allegation um, accusations against him from like I think college days like when he was teaching college or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I think he had some uh, like before Seth Rogen that was too. Like, yeah, like very early in his career, like before mm-hmm. he was big really. Or, like, mm-hmm. even in the industry. Um, and, yeah, and then Seth Rogen was like, oh, I, like, hate that. That's disgusting. I'm not even, like, I'm renouncing my friendship with him. And then um, I didn't hear anything yeah. about it after that. And then I think it came up for some reason. I think I was watching BoJack with my brother, actually. There's an episode where uh, they talk about, like, people that have been canceled and how long it takes for them to resurface mm-hmm. um and so i was like lol it's kind of like a who was that and then i was like oh it was james franco and so i looked it up and he had this like interview he was like no yeah i completely like because he's being cast oh he's being cast as a fidel castro in That's a movie right. and people were angry about that because they're like he's white but then yeah. like the daughter of fidel castro was like but he looks just like him <laughs> Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> I haven't... I mean, I know of Castro, obviously, who doesn't. I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of photos of him. Me neither. Um, And for whether or not he looks like him or not, it's... So, it's that's hard because, you know, yeah. you want someone who is Cuban to play him. And then, you know, that's what makeup and prosthetics are for is to make them look more like the person they're playing. Yeah. Um... But, but like, also, why do they just, I feel like they just automatically go for white actors instead of mm-hmm. thinking about that. Yeah. And, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I understand his daughter is, <laughs> is saying, like, oh, they look similar, but 
I know. How it was much so is, confusing. How much of that is like being starstruck by, you know, a famous Hollywood yeah. actor? Yeah, it's definitely one of those lines where it's like, well, would this story be told if white people weren't in it? And should we be happy about it or should we not be happy about it? <sighs> Being marginalized and in a marginalized community is so difficult. Oh my goodness. Anyway, but um, back to James Franco and him being canceled for things versus what I recently found out was I had read a, an interview where he was talking about like, yeah, no, I remembered those allegations and then at first I was kind of like I don't quite remember them happening like yada yada and then he he does remember like, being accused of sexual harassment no no no. like when when the incident had happened because it was years ago and then they came out like recently oh, so he doesn't remember the incident yeah he was like gotcha. I yeah, and so he was like, but I'm going to be honest, like, I went to therapy and I sat down because I was like, if I did hurt these people, like, I want to know, like, or, like, I want to at least, like, acknowledge that and, like, do the work and whatever. And he was like, yeah, so I ended up, like, listening to the girl's stories and was like, no, that totally, like, I do remember that happening. But from my perspective and, like, point of view, I just had no idea that it was, like, harmful because it was one of those situations where it was, like, they were old enough and he was a professor, I think. And like, you know, but it was in like what the time when like any male professor that's like slightly cute is just like expected to have students in his class that are going to have sex with him, you know? Yeah. And he's like everybody else in the school, everywhere else I've been, that's been like the norm. Like I didn't even like it did not even like click that that was not like an okay thing to do because of how normalized it is just within men in that community and he's like it really is like crazy to think about that that's just so normal and has been for so long and like I'm so glad that they came out and said something because I never want to do that ever again and I was like that's really interesting because you hear these stories a lot of times and like I know for me like I think about it a lot of just like how many people do things like that and literally have no idea it's and it's like um, you can't you almost can't blame them because like yeah everything that the media like this is why media representation and listening to people's stories is oh. so important is because like if you never did they wouldn't know like they wouldn't Gosh. know any better because it's just so normalized in everyday sphere i there are definitely there are definitely times when i would agree with that um mm -hmm. but then i mean like let's let's just go kind of t to almost the extreme like if you're speeding right Weinstein. and you get pulled over <laughs> no sorry um so maybe not the extreme but like just like very off topic from that like if you're speeding and you get pulled over right like mm -hmm. you still get a ticket like even if you didn't know you were speeding like or you didn't know yeah. the the speed limit like you were speeding exactly. you did something bad you got in trouble um and like you just because you're ignorant of whatever law there may be like you can still get charged for whatever crime you committed exactly um, and so you know ignorance isn't innocence and exactly. With James Franco Put that and just on a not knowing, yeah. But with James Franco and just not knowing, is in this day and age, with something like that specifically, 
I don't know if I would say he was ignorant. Like, I don't know if I could say, like, I fully believe that he didn't know what he was doing. Um, I don't, I certainly don't think he saw it um, as bad as it was. But yeah. I feel like just with how accessible and how many people are coming out and talking about it and just all the different ways that you can consume stories of women um, that were in this in a similar position, he should have known better. Yeah, you would think, right? And like, yeah. what's even crazier is that like that was before like I just said like Weinstein and everything like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like, ew, I'm sorry. That just makes me sick. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, oh my goodness. Like, I think, yeah, like as long as, even if you like didn't realize it, because there's probably people that are like, oh yeah, I have sex with tons of people and like, I don't remember every single person I Uh had sex with. Like, I don't know. There's definitely those people out there and it's like, I don't remember every experience I've had with every single person that I've ever like hung out with. Like, I've definitely forgotten someone that I like had coffee with and like one time because I met them at school or something. Like, that's just, I'm sorry (laughs) if you were that person, but you know, like it happens. (laughs) And so it's like, it's so crazy to me that just like having sex and like... (laughs) accidentally sexually assaulting someone it's like possible (laughs) and then it's like yeah to hear about it from like today's like day and age and like perspective you think back and you're like oh my god no that's exactly what I did and I am so wrong for that and it's just like wow because it's like you watch movies right like you'll watch a movie like nowadays um that like came out like early 90s or like 2000s and you're like ooh that's definitely like the power dynamics are disgusting or you're like okay he's definitely like i watched the notebook recently Mm -hmm. and i was like i literally hate this guy he's so annoying (laughs) because she was like i'm not gonna go on a date with you man's literally was like fine i'll kill myself until you say yes like bro that's not okay but apparently at the time the movie came out that was romantic no no, that's not romantic at all. To be fair, like, I've actually mm. never liked The Notebook. Um, I've always hated it. I've never it. finished it. I Well, my favorite part, my favorite part about The Notebook, like, literally is the ending when they both die. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So. <laughs> yeah, I've never finished it. I've watched the beginning. And I've watched that one clip where they're in the rain. Yeah. The one that and I can't like I can't get with. through the movie for some reason like I just can't. I so I mean when I every time I've tried watching that, um, I just found it extremely boring, um, and it's not like any of these red flags or it the time really period um, specific things like like it is like really boring suicide. and like yeah. I watched Drive. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I like that I use Drive as my, like, this is a very pretty, very cool-looking movie. Also, it's boring AF, but I still mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Driving a Blade Runner 2049, I'm like, absolute chef's kiss. No thoughts, head empty, pretty things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm probably going to get a lot Except of flack I do love for this. Blade Runner. I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but that's the Lord of the Rings trilogy for me. It's all <laughs> cinematography. That's fair that's fair that's so funny 
But yeah, it's just like mm-hmm. like things like that. And you're like, oh, the way like I'm so glad that like we're at this point where people are like, OK, with like coming out and saying, like, hey, you did this to me and that's not cool. And then like, thankfully, there are some people who are like, no, I did that. And that was fucked up. And I'm so sorry. And I will literally like do all of the work and pay and stuff in order to like make it make not make it right because I can't make it right, but like make it somewhat better obviously i'm a human being so there could be stuff that i'm saying wrong but just thought it was interesting (laughs) yeah for sure there's a a show actually on like abc no freeform which is technically abc but freeform and hulu called the bold type and they have an episode where and if you haven't seen the show, the show is about um, these, it's like a woman's magazine and it centers around the lives of these three women that are in the magazine and in different like departments and stuff. And, you know, there's obviously like super fun side characters, but there's like this one dude that also works there and he has a column about just being a dude that exists in like a woman's magazine and it's a very feminist magazine. And he writes this article about or actually someone else writes an article about how they were taken advantage of um like sexually harassed and then their story following that and how like they've come to terms with it now and like all of that stuff and then he like reaches out to the person's like hey like i remember i went to school with you that like article is so like you wrote it so well and it's so eye opening like i want to do an interview with you and she's surprised because she's like dude i wrote that about you and he's like oh my god that was about me (laughs) and he had to do that thing where he like sits down and he's like oh my god i did do that and it's fucked up that i didn't know (laughs) like it's crazy that that was like just a thing that i thought was like an acceptable thing to do like i didn't even realize that this literally caused this other woman like years and years of emotional trauma wow and then he had to like and i think what he ends up doing is like writing another article about like that was me and as men we need to take the responsibility for our past actions as well because that's not okay and i was like that's so interesting because you don't see stories like that and they're not told very often but like they should they actually they they went a little bit they didn't go too far into it right because um you know as as a tv show they I, well, at this specific TV show, they want to try to keep things um, fairly positive while also going into, like, really hard topics. But mm-hmm. they did show some of the blowback that he got from writing that article. Yeah, they showed, um, like, all the hate and all the, like, yeah. Yeah. Being... And I think and I think that was a really good, good thing, too, because if um, shows only showed good things coming out from that... Mm-hmm. And when people did it in real life, they'd start getting all these bad things along with it. Less people would do it because they'd feel cheated. They're like, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. I thought it'd all be, you know, like sunshine and rainbows afterwards. Like, why should I have to apologize if it's just going to make me feel like shit afterwards? <laughs> with, you know, them not realizing the apology and the um, actions and the reparations that they're doing aren't for themselves. They're for the people that they hurt. Yeah. It's like, mm, stop being selfish. Maybe just like do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's super interesting so i do remember recently reading 
a completely different article. I don't know why I'm just remembering all of these things that I've experienced. <laughs> but there's this article I read recently where this girl, she's a, she writes for like a, like a comedy publication, I think. And like often we'll get like, um, you know, like hate and trolls like in her DMs and in her Instagram comments and all of that stuff because she's like a woman online <laughs> and mm -hmm. she ends up like meeting one of the trolls that she like that literally wow. said one of the worst things that's ever brave. and she just like that's really brave like they had i think emailed her or something like just the horrible the worst thing that you can think of i can't say because it's gross and sad um <sighs> and she basically like emails him back and is like what on earth is going on with you to make you think that's okay to say to another person and it starts this like whole conversation she actually has like an actual interview with him on the show and i was like that's crazy of him just talking about like yeah i did it and i did it out of definitely these things and i still have no excuse for doing it like i I literally am like so sorry and so remorseful about it and like especially now like knowing you like I would never say that to anyone I know I would never say that at all so I don't know why I said it on the because internet because he got a reply back because mm -hmm. like a lot of these because a lot of people say um hurtful things over the internet because of the whole um anonymity anonymity factor of it yeah and um so i wonder if he was like actually actually remorseful like as soon as he sent it or maybe like a day later when he had time to like think about it or a week later when he had I time don't to know. think about it I don't or remember. if he was only but it was sorry super interesting. because he if got i can the find it um i'll like put it in the show notes or something the link um yeah. if anyone wants to watch it when this comes out well now i'm really interested <laughs> and i definitely <laughs> or not watch it, it. listen to it but yeah, I was like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, And she like had him on the show and they're like, yeah, like we talk often now. <laughs> like we're friends now. Like, And I was oh, like, wow. bro. Okay. That's crazy. And he's like, yeah, like I, so then something I good did come exist up in like real life and I have like coworkers and like, you know, like friends and family. And I would like, I don't know why that completely like just happens. It's a very interesting mm -hmm. phenomenon. The ability to be anonymous. Yeah. Well, I guess that's all for movie news. I don't know if that's actually movie news or not, but I think that's it's that's all I've got. It's within the sphere of media. <laughs> media news gossip talk. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, I guess before we move on, do you have anything that you're like excited about that is either coming out recently or that you watched? Um, yeah, uh, so I, uh, last weekend, I actually got to go to a movie, pr movie premiere, um, in LA and I walked the red carpet with my mom, uh, for, yeah, it was super exciting. So um, cute. definitely one of those bucket list item types of things. Uh, we both had a blast. Um, and I do want to talk about this movie. I do want to promote it, um, because it, it has so many good things about it, um, just keep in mind it is a satire so don't because so you're gonna hear you're gonna hear the title you're gonna hear the title and you're immediately not gonna want to watch it because you'll think <laughs> certain things about it um 
but I let me tell you, it's not it's not what you're thinking. Um, the movie is called Hong for Jesus, Save Your Soul. And um, it's about the this mega church um, in Georgia, I believe. And it starts off with um, just giving you a very, very brief um, synopsis of this scandal that the pastor went through, which is against, you know, sexual allegations. And um, because what else would a religious leader have against them? I mean, probably a few <laughs> a things, lot of but things, usually actually. that's the most common. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so the whole movie is about him and his wife. Um, Sterling Brown is the pastor. Regina Hall is his wife. Um, trying to reopen their mega church and just the struggle to have to do that. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's a satire. So it's taking, you know, pre- a fairly dark comedic look oh, yeah. at the whole look um, of religion and mega churches, especially when they get to be as big as a, as big as they were. Um, but that's a really good movie. It focuses mostly on Regina Hall. Like it's kind of about Sterling Brown as the pastor, but it's really about her and what she does to just fulfill his dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, um, she's, she's kind of like the epitome of, um, behind every strong man, there's a stronger woman. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she, everything that he wants to do, she makes sure it's possible. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the end, but um, you should go see it because it's good. Um, it does it, – it, there's one point when you think something bad's going to happen and it doesn't. And I actually prefer it that way. Mm. Um, so and that's, that's towards the end. So I definitely think – you should all go see it. Yeah, I watched the trailer. Also, and the... it's so funny. Uh-huh. Just even like the trailer by itself, I was dying. Um, let me let me look up the uh, the director's last name um, because it, two twins made it, and um, when they were talking about it, they said that if you want to see um, diverse movies, if you want to see women made movies, if you want to see independent made movies then pay for them. Yeah. Um, and I agree because mm-hmm. we always say that, uh, you know, we want to see these these movies, but um, we're not actually giving money to them. We're not making it so that it's possible for them to be made. We're just kind of like sitting out here in the void waiting for them to just pop up and become available. Um, but if we start supporting these um, artists and um, creators, then I think we'll start seeing a lot more of those and it'll become more of a standard mm. for for us. Yeah, definitely support. Support, 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 support financially, support with like, um, what's it called? Like word of mouth uh, promotion. Word of mouth, yeah. <laughs> Promote things, mm-hmm. yeah. Shares, likes stuff like that the more accessible it is the more you'll see it Mm -hmm. that's very true all right so let's get into it today the movie we're talking about is persuasion and it is on netflix Mm -hmm. um whitney you can go ahead and give a synopsis if you like Living with her snobby family on the brink of bankruptcy, Anne Elliot is an unconforming woman with modern sensibilities when 
Frederick Wentworth, the dashing one she once set away, crashes back into her life. Anne must choose between putting the past behind her or listening to her heart when it comes to second chances. Cool. And it is directed by Carrie Cracknell. Yes. Yes. Starring um, Dakota Johnson, Henry Golding, and um, Cosmo Jarvis. Which is such a cool name. (laughs) It is. It really (laughs) is. Uh, but this is this it's it's not an adaptation of the of the movie of the same or sorry of the book of the same title mm. Persuasion by Jane Austen. Um, it's based on yeah that novel, and there's something really interesting that a lot of people kind of get upset about um, because you you typically have three different um, modifiers when it comes to. Uh, describing a movie that's related to a specific source material. Mm. You'll yeah. have um, this This movie is based on the novel by Jane Austen. And yeah. what that means is when you add based on, that's the creator's ideas. So the directors, the screenwriters, the producers, um, it's their ideas that are based on the facts of the book. So the general storyline of the book Um and they're not adding too many details. Like they're not changing the ending. They're not throwing in a whole new cast of characters. Mm. Um, it's just something that the creators kind of took like the skeleton of and created into um, something new mm. um, and something similar to the original. Then you have um, the adapted, which a lot of um, classic novels and classic uh, stories get adapted to modern um, ways of storytelling and that's just that's the original work filmed again created again with very little changes um, the last one that you'll see usually most often is inspired by mm-hmm. and that just takes the original story the original narrative and they've got creative licensed with it so they can add more people they can add more scenes they could put in a whole new plot line for the background um, as long as they kind of stick to the general the general story, they can do almost whatever they want. Mm. Um, so I think when people watched this movie, they were expecting an adaptation and not something new, not something that was based off of the book. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do see, yeah. <laughs> there is often a lot of confusion about the differences between those and just like, like people seem to use them as if they're like interchangeable, but it is kind of important and when you're not, thinking about because, the story that you're watching. Yeah, when like from the production side of things, when you're marketing stuff, when you're trying to sell um, a movie, you actually have very strict standards that have to be met in order to put any of those three um, modifiers onto the film to be marketed that way. Mm. So it's not just something that you can willy-nilly say, like, oh, you know, um, it was based off of this event. It was adapted from this book. Um, Inspired by, you might have kind of, like, the best chance of saying it's inspired by this. But even that does have a set of, um, of, of rules, essentially, that you have to hit before you can say it was inspired by something. Yeah. Like, I think, I guess, speaking of Jane Austen... 
um mm-hmm. the movie fire island is great and everyone should watch it i love it uh but it definitely essentially takes the plot of pride and prejudice replaces the characters and makes it like hella gay and they kind of reference jane austen but it's definitely not marketed as anything related to jane austen so i feel like like that probably is a good example of what you're talking about like yeah it it can't be like inspired by or based on or like it's definitely not an adaptation of like Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. It's just like the bare bones plot and they, you know, make like funny references to it without exactly saying it, you know, like, like I think the guy writes a letter that is basically the same structure as like when Darcy's writing the letter about like everything Uh that happened with um, Elizabeth and like his family before and the guy that ends up marrying the 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 sister um but the guy like in the in fire island like writes a writes a letter and they're like yeah what the fuck dude he wrote a letter (laughs) like yeah no one (laughs) writes letters but that's what happened in Pride and Prejudice so we're doing it (laughs) like you know Uh like and just like having the same like character like like uh archetypes and so yeah it's it's probably it's like that kind of probably also like the 10 things I hate about you the same character archetypes yeah same basic like plot but different things which is not what this movie is yeah yeah this this is definitely based on it's the same um same time period same characters same general story just um modernized modernized yeah there we go (laughs) for um for a, a younger um audience yeah for new audience and i have to say i actually really enjoyed like how they modernized it because mm-hmm. um i never finished the book but i was listening to it via audiobook um when i had one of my concussions um <laughs> <laughs> and so i like remembered a lot of like just things from probably about the first half of the movie i was like oh yeah that did happen in the book you're like oh i remember that that's Mm -hmm. really fun how they like did that and i was like one of the main things that i loved was that they made um they made her character like break the fourth wall (laughs) yeah like instead of it being like a i'm writing this to you blah 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 like they also had her interact with the audience and i thought that was really fun because Mm-hmm. it led for or it opened up a lot of room for like i wanted like humorous beats and stuff yeah and it was i really enjoyed it i thought it was great i so i never actually had to read the book um for school or anything and then i've never read it just um for leisure but in school i do remember having to read uh, like a couple passages from it essentially and um I remember it not being, like, like, it was a fairly, like, it was a drama. It was more of, like, a sad um, type of book. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was, like, more struggles with it, like, within the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I never, I never really read it was just because, like, oh, you know, like, I'm, I'd, like, I don't think that would be something. Yeah, it definitely reads, Um, like, drier than the movie, for sure. Yeah. Well, and so for it to be, for it to be changed in a way that more people can interact with it more people can understand it and not focus um so much on just tradition of what was going on back then Mm -hmm. 
I think it's it makes it more accessible for more people. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not like not everyone wants to watch period pieces. Like yeah. period piece movies are they're a very niche community. Um, Pride and Prejudice, 2005, Pride and Prejudice, Bridgerton are like they're starting to open up. And more people are starting to like them. But for the most part, not a lot of people watch period pieces. Not a lot of people are interested in them. Yeah, unless it's so like a war movie be... or something like yeah. set in the like maybe latest 60s is like how far people will go. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything that isn't that, they're kind of just like, mm, not for me. Exactly. Um, so anything that can just kind of like get people more interested, I think, in classics alone, I think, um, is already off to a really good start. Um, I will say, speaking of classics, that this movie, um, really made me want like a newer adaptation version of, um, A Picture of Dorian Gray. (laughs) Like, I really want that. Like, I want it so bad. Because, like, what, we got the Ben Barnes one, like, forever ago. Like, I want one Mm -hmm. for now. Because I feel like it would be great. Yeah, I agree. Um, Because that's that's something that a lot of people already have um, some knowledge of, usually because of school. Yeah. Um, If not because of school, then it's referenced in so many different things. Um, I think just seeing a modern retelling of it uh would be really enjoyable just because people already have a basis of oh, yeah. what's going to be happening especially set in like oh my gosh like just even just like retelling the story from the lens of like gen z would be fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah dude that would be so funny <laughs> i really want it to happen or like the unabridged version that like actually is gay <laughs> you know like it's just uh-huh. like come on Give it to me, please. I would love it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I love the picture of Dorian Gray. It just has a book. It is one of the classics that I reread a lot. <laughs> and like just stylistically and like dialogue wise, I feel like it would fit right in. I want it now because like now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of the classics that get retold are like it's the third fourth fifth time that is being retold like we all we continue to see the same classics being retold um i'd definitely be interested in seeing more classics retold in new ways because uh, as much as i like the pride and prejudice um sense and sensibility i've already seen like three or four different versions I know, right? of like let me see yeah let me see something now <laughs> i know i want picture of dorian gray Mm-hmm. All right. Next thing that we create is going to be something from the Bronte sisters. I'm down. I'm very down. <laughs> like, I'm so down. <laughs> when are we starting? Let's go. <laughs> right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess speaking about it being, like, timely, I do think that, like, not only the breaking of the fourth wall and, like, the comedy beats – the comedy was mm-hmm. done so well, I thought, in this. Because, like, a lot of times, I feel like when I watch a period piece, the comedy comes from, like, understanding just, like, 
the culture of the period that it's in and like understanding yeah. the dialogue and how people talked like definitely the 2005 version of pride and prejudice like i will laugh because i'm like oh what a burn but then i'm like this literally doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't know like what's going on like in the situation like it's very specific situation situational comedy (laughs) but i loved this one because like they would have jokes that were situational and definitely like relevant to the period and the time but then they would visually like nudge it along with like another joke either like her looking at the camera or like making like a face Mm -hmm. and i think one of my favorite ones is when (laughs) And they're like, oh, she's not coming with us to bath. And she's like, what? She's like, oh, well, you have to go visit Mary. Mary wrote us a letter and she's like super ill. And you oh, you have yeah. to talk to her because you can barely tolerate her, which is more than the rest of us can. And they open the letter <laughs> and it's just like a piece of paper with like giant handwriting and cursive. And she's like, I'm so sick, you guys. And then it's like frowny face and then signed by uh-huh. Mary. And I was like, stop. That's so funny. <laughs> i honestly my one of my favorite lines was um he's a 10 i don't trust a 10 yeah i was like Fast. um yeah well and it's funny because like usually when they try to put in a lot of those um <laughs> modern types of like jokes and stuff yeah. it's so cringy and it's it's done by like people who just don't really understand it or they don't um use that as their own sense of humor yeah they're just kind of like mirroring and copying other what they think should be done um but this this was a lot more natural yeah it feels like a very stylistic choice from the director like i haven't seen anything Uh else that they've made but it does feel like it's a very specific type of of like way to get across these jokes like the the other part that is also very memorable is when she's talking about Wentworth and she's like yeah like I do have a box like I've definitely kept all of the things from the past very much in front of me which is a great line and then she opens up the box she's like here's a playlist that he made and it's like just a (laughs) just a stack of sheet music (laughs) which is so funny but like it's totally relevant because like she plays music often at like parties which they show later in the movie so it's like okay it wasn't even just for joke sake it was like no these are songs that like he gave me to play because he liked me playing them but i also still play them so Mm -hmm. like it's not like he just gave me songs to listen to like an actual playlist yeah i thought it was so yeah there's so many good one-liners too there there were a lot um my favorite and it's also like stuff that i like almost would want to use like normally yeah i was like i i don't know why i might just make this my instagram bio but the part where she's like here lies ann elliott who suffered cosmic loss but really handled it quite well (laughs) i was like (laughs) stop that's so funny she's like my tombstone's just gonna say that and i was like "Mm." but really handled it i liked really held it together quite impressively (laughs) yeah so we're in the beginning when she's like um i'm single and i'm thriving i get to drink wine all day and take a hot bath and lie (laughs) face down in the bed i'm like yes what a mood mood. (laughs) literally so really cool so funny like even just small things where they're like oh yeah like we're gonna teach you how to court so you can get him and she's like 
I don't want him. Oh and she's like, well, just sit next to him. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to sit next to him. Okay, I'm going to sit next to him. And then you're going to pretend you don't know a thing about anything. Okay. Tell him you don't know how to use utensils and ask him to show you how to hold them. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show her doing because it. Because that's later. believable. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, oh, okay, so just be myself. And she says, no, definitely don't do that. Not until like the second year of marriage. Yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, stop. That's so funny. But yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, like, I didn't think I was gonna like it that much because it it like I know I've mentioned the comedy a lot, but like, not only is it a mm-hmm. funny film, but it also like the timing of everything is so well paced. Like it's spot on. It makes you feel all of the things you're supposed to feel without like undercutting it. Like it's not like a Marvel movie where it's like, oh, here's a very intense scene and then I'm gonna make a joke right after it. Like it lets you sit in yeah. the moments that are sad. It lets you sit in the moments that are like frightening or like intense. Oh, that cringy also dinner scene movies. that wouldn't end. Oh my god. That cringy dinner scene when she's like, Charles wanted to pro- pro- propose to me first. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going like, oh, no, Stop. oh, no, please let this end. Please, someone, please jump in. Yeah, that was oof. Or like even just like, um, like even just like they had such great wide shots of like establishing mm-hmm. scenes. Like when they were just like walking and you're just like, OK, yeah, they're walking. Like what else are they going to do? Literally nothing. Like, I don't know. They're just like, that's pretty much all you did, right? You just walked and had conversations with people. <laughs> that's yeah. it. And I was like, yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> and we're going on a walk, a very long walk. You don't want to come. You hate, you hate walking. You hate moving your legs. <laughs> that was so you so think funny. I just don't want to do something I don't like? Oh, <laughs> uh, she, I don't, she might have been that the younger sister. She's so funny. Might have been my favorite character. Dude so funny where are your children how should i know (laughs) (laughs) i can't stay with my son because i'm an empath that was so funny (laughs) like literally everything she said had such gen z like vibes you know like like that is a tiktok itself like i swear to god i've seen that tiktok the person that's like Mm -hmm. um yeah sorry i can't come into work today um because i don't feel like it and they like sip their yeah. iced coffee, and I was like, "Dude, that's literally something we do on a daily basis, like as a joke." And I was mm-hmm. like, "I love it. I mm-hmm. absolutely love it." <laughs> yeah, they their their timing, their jokes, they all hit very very well. Mm-hmm. And like even that line that I quoted, the like here lies Anne who suffered cosmic mm-hmm. loss. Like, I appreciated the line and i thought that the line was great and like brilliant and like relatable but at the same time like i felt exactly what she was feeling in that moment because that was heartbreaking she's like great yeah. now we're we're the nexus we're friends and the way they shot that with just like the silence and like the melancholy music made it so yeah. so heartbreaking <laughs> like you felt it and the acting in that scene was absolutely amazing because it's hard to pull off something like that without it seeming like cringe or like funny you know like or like a joke and it was like actually sad (laughs) while still being like hey we're gonna maintain this relationship like we want to be in each other's lives right but then it was like ah that like completely annihilates any hope of us having a romantic future yeah you felt that so i 
I thought Dakota Johnson's acting was good. Um, Wentworth's acting, Cosmo Jarvis. I didn't, I hated his acting the whole movie. It felt like, like maybe it wasn't his acting. Maybe it was just any, anytime he had dialogue. Yes, his face. No, I. It looked like his mouth was full of marshmallows the whole time. I, okay, no. This is going to sound horrible, but like, he's the least attractive person in this movie. No, it's true. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, but I actually did not like Wentworth or his character, like, at all. I was like, completely. No. Like, I honestly, if I were to just rewrite it, I'd be like, yes, Mary Henry Golding, because he is so fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and like yeah she had beautiful. more chemistry with um henry golding with literally than she everyone did else with... yeah yeah <laughs> like i'm not gonna lie the friends what was it like harville or something the eye contact the flirting like the friend that was just like oh hey can you like talk to my other friend because he's like hella depressed and i can't like stand the poetry talk like yeah. i love that guy like i wish he was wentworth yeah like, everyone else just seemed so much more interesting. He, like, I get it. He was sad. But, like, come on. He was, like, mm-hmm. so boring. <laughs> he, yeah. So he he did a really good job. He had, like, a fairly small role, but, like, stood out almost more than Wentworth did. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like he was kind of, suppo- like, he ended up being, or ended up being perceived as what, Wentworth probably was supposed to be perceived as which is like the the like puppy golden retriever like type personality and I like because I can see like facially and like casting wise like they're almost the same I think the thing with Wentworth is that he's just like two sad puppy dog eyes to get past it it, you know It was, yeah. Like he didn't have enough of the I know, happy I look agree with to you to off to make the sadness be actually really sad. Okay, to be fair though, did he have any happy scenes? He should have. There's like the end, but like even then, that scene, he's kind of just like <laughs> he smiles with it. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I think like I think the one time we actually see him briefly happy is when they're walking um, along the wall and um, Louisa jumps and he, like, catches her briefly. And then she gets a concussion afterwards. That literally, um, oh my god, that scene. I can't watch that scene. Like, <laughs> stop. Why I mean, did you show her hitting the ground like that? Ugh. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. But I think, like, that was that was probably like, the one time we might have, saw like, seen him just like briefly happy because mm-hmm. even uh before when they're all on that long walk and he's with Louisa by the lake mm. um yeah he's still like he wasn't even happy has a chip on yeah. his shoulder and you're like okay we get it but yeah. like is there he anything else snarky you? about <laughs> yeah he was being snarky the whole time yeah his character's kind of like I don't want to say 1d because like he does have a little bit more maybe he's like 2d yeah <laughs> he's definitely not 3d though I, yeah, no, I'd probably say closer to 2D. Yeah, 2D in the sense that, like, he definitely, as a character, had, like, his flaws and then, like, would recognize them and try to be better. Like, definitely that dinner scene where she's like, well, maybe you should, like, let your wife actually make her own choices and decisions about oh, how yeah. she feels instead of you trying to protect her from everything. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry that I insinuated that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I that like was that. a good one. 
Uh-huh. And she does listen. That's nice. That was like the only quality, really. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they even like used that to talk him up before they had like officially met him. Yeah. Um, as if he listens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little funny to me. It was like, because normally you have the like, oh, yeah, he's like super hot and he like can do all of these great things. And it literally was like, mm. he's hot. Uh, He's kind of smart when it comes to sailing, and um, he listens really well. <laughs> like, yes. no offense, yeah. but that kind of sounds like when you're describing to someone like, oh, yeah, no, you probably would like him, but I definitely don't. <laughs> you know? You know, when you're like, okay, yeah, you like that guy, <laughs> uh-huh. and that's okay. There's some good qualities. I would not go for him, though. <laughs> like, that, that would be... Like, no, he's cute. Yeah, he's cute. He's, like, really good at his job. And, um... He, like, listens really well. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of like one of those things where um, people say they want it, but they don't actually, like, make it um, something that they specifically look for yeah. type of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. I just thought, it, I was like, honestly, everything they're saying about this guy is kind of just like, yeah, we wouldn't date him, but, like, we think you guys would be a perfect match. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I mean, is that the guy you want as the <laughs> I don't know. Is like the main so character. So I know so I know I they guess he's put not the that main. in there to like Yeah, I know they put that in there to like throw shade kind of like on the men of that era. <laughs> but also like I wonder if they were kind of like saying something about Anne because like saying like, Oh, you know, you're so outspoken, you just need a guy who will listen to you. <laughs> that's funny well because like henry golding's character like they had great banter but even like the scene when they're in the shop and she's like eating the sweet and she sees uh wentworth for like that time and he comes in Mm -hmm. and he's like yes this gorgeous creature and she's like don't call me a creature and he's like this gorgeous and she's like woman woman he's like why can't i say creature we'll talk about it later like they are in fact having the conversation and like he is in fact listening because he is wanting to know like what the issue is (laughs) and Uh i was like that's so funny like why could you guys be more interesting yeah well and he was like and henry golding's character was always very um upfront like he never hid what he was trying to do Mm -hmm. and i think um that helped with how like with with his relationship with Anne, mm-hmm. because like she would have seen right through him yeah and like and like in the very very beginning when they first met and they kind of established who they were to each other mm-hmm. like he 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 had like one or two times when he was just kind of like oh can i get this pastor and she called him out on it right away yeah. and he's like all right fine let's just be truthful mm-hmm. and i'm here to prevent your dad from having a son and honestly okay honestly he acted the crap out of that role like, he did so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't... I haven't seen, like, every single one of his movies, you know. But I've seen, like, the big ones. Like, I watched uh, Simple Favor. I watched um, mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Asians. I watched, like, the freaking G.I. Joe movie. And, like, I feel like in a lot of the... It, it's, like, Snake Eyes or something. I don't know. My oh, dad wanted okay. to see it because he thought it would be fun. And it was exactly that. Good action scenes. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, like I feel like in all of those movies, he kind of plays very similarly the same guy. Like, he's just, like, the 
very nice pretty guy that like wants the best mm-hmm. for everybody and like will do whatever it takes in order to make the best happen kind of a thing and it's like that's awesome but to be able to also play like the rich asshole is awesome too like because you completely believed yeah. it and everything and it was it was really yeah. fun yeah i liked it um and i think it it, it lends to her family because like her family is all very um they're not good people dude they and suck louisa mentions that yeah <laughs> and he just continues to be like not a good person but mm-hmm. out of her dad and her two sisters he's almost the most redeemable yeah like at least he's like upfront about it yeah <laughs> Um, and that's all she wants the truth yeah because and i think her family being such a crappy part is great for the story or being so crappy is great for the story too because it does kind of help like redeem Anne in a little bit of like yeah my Mm -hmm. family didn't want me to marry you and like they're pretty much all i have so (laughs) like yeah that's why i couldn't do it like i know you'll probably hate me forever because i decided to listen to them and she like learns from that later but then him actually being able to interact with her family and just seeing how like shallow like her sisters are and her father is like really does show like him like okay so there was like a lot more to this than just dumping me (laughs) Yeah, so he, well, he judges her against her family, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he believes her to be the same as them, because he's met enough of them to know who they are. Um, (laughs) But then that that scene by the lake, when Louisa's just like, she's the most pure, kind-hearted person ever, like, you don't know what you're talking about, Um, that that helped, once again, just say, Mm -hmm. like, you know, how different she is from her family. And then that opened his eyes up to... Just how falling in love with her. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like when you really sit her next to her sister, like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> bro. <sighs> I do like that Both Jane Austen likes to write about women that are perceived wrongly because of their families. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a theme for her. Mm-hmm. That's very, it's very fun. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing about this movie that I think is worth mentioning too is that it is like with the the colorblind casting, and I feel like it's just it's a really good example because I know we talked about it um, in another episode that we just did. I can't remember which one, but we talked a little bit about um, like f- role like stories of fiction and fantasy and how. Like, oftentimes, those are the stories that people, specifically white people, will get mad at when they cast a person of color instead of a white person. <laughs> um, but I just, mm-hmm. I think this one's a good example of how you can have a fictional world that has its struggles with, like, class and sexism, because that's mm-hmm. what the story is about, without, like, also including racism. Like, the story has no racism or, yeah. like... It doesn't talk about, like, necessarily any person of color, like, experiences. I mean, why would it? It's written by a white person. Um, <laughs> but, like, the stuff it does talk about is, like, women's struggles and class struggles. And that exists outside of race. And so, I th- 
Like, this is such a great example of being able to take a fictional story that does talk about timely things, but still not include things, like, and let it be modern and, like, respectable without it being, like, Mm -hmm. re-triggering, you know? And I just thought that was, like, interesting because I think what it was we were talking about was the Game of Thrones thing, but it's, like, even, like, The Little Mermaid People were mad that, it's like... a mythical creature. She like, got cast. Come on, guys. Hallie got cast, and they were like, oh, yeah, we don't like that she's black now. Like, this is... Mm-hmm. It's It's got, what, like, Swedish or, like... <laughs> like, okay, first of all, it's a mermaid, and it's a fish. Second of all, does it matter that the original, like, story, fairy tale, whatever, came mm-hmm. from, like, a white country? Because yeah. I don't think it does. <laughs> Not what in the is? story or what it's telling, like... That's not the point. It should be completely fine. You know? So when one of the things that um, I want to see more of when they do open casting are South Asian and Middle Eastern actors. Because mm-hmm. um, you'll see a, a lot of black and Asian actors mixed in, which is good because you're definitely hitting um, – you're getting the rep- representation. But um, – if you if you hopefully you start noticing that anytime they have um, an Indian character, um, a Middle Eastern character, your or actor playing someone, they're usually um, like some weird like nerd <laughs> or uh, a comedic joke character that you're not really supposed to pay attention to or like all that much. Mm. Um, so if we're yeah, because what we've got like three that I can think of off the top of my head that have been, like, in roles outside that, like, aren't yeah. determined by, like, race. I can literally only think of three. And that's the the lead... Well, I guess the lead actress and her sister mm-hmm. in Bridgerton, the second season. Um, Camille yeah. Nanjiani. And I would say that's probably specifically, like, only what star wars and that movie he made with uh Issa Rae. i didn't see it lovebirds <laughs> and then um this guy's kind of new on the scene but he is kind of up and coming he was in um literally cannot remember his real name um he was in how i met your father oh interesting the, like, okay i haven't seen that one either and he recently made Oh, he was recently in a movie, I think, that, like, just came out also um, as, like, the love interest. Suraj Sharma. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The one role that I see a lot of uh, Middle Eastern people in specifically is um, gas station employee. Dude, yeah. What the heck? Usually, if there's a gas station, um, a Middle Eastern character is playing the employee. <laughs> and to be fair, like in real life, that's kind of <laughs> true. Um, but usually, if there is, um, if they're if they're mm-hmm. in the film, that's the role they're playing, or some type of terrorist. Yeah, yeah, so, and literally the three people, let's... four maybe that I just named, like, like that's within the last like two years yeah yeah there's not a lot there's some 
There's some, but there's not a lot. So I think when we start, when we talk about um, diverse casting, we need to talk about um, everybody. And we definitely just gave so many examples um, of people. Because what, that girl was in, the, the one that was the lead in Bridgerton season two. She was in Sex Ed. That show on Netflix. You're, you just keep listing movies and shows that I don't watch. You watch all of these. I watch a lot. I'm like an encyclopedia of freaking television. I know I should. <laughs> I I know I should. Um, but part of it is just time or something else pulls my That's attention. That's fine. Like I don't know how I get through the amount of content that I watch. Like I literally have no idea. I'm getting better for sure, especially now that I figured out the best way to like watch stuff while working. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still pretty behind on everything. <laughs> Sex Ed is an amazing show. Definitely recommend that. It's been on my list. It's one of the ones that have been on my list, but there's just shorter things that I can finish before yeah. then that I tend to watch. Yeah, that's fair. Oh yeah, but I was just, like, it's crazy because like we've just listed off what four people, and like they're amazing yeah. at their jobs. So like. Yes, give them more roles, but I feel like even them just having skyrocketed like they did is, like, proof that we can have more. (laughs) Like, give us more. Yeah, and people want to see them. I think Mindy Kaling has, um, she said a lot about this Her shows are great. And her characters, oh my goodness, they're amazing. And she Mm -hmm. does normally star at least one person in the show that is oh gosh what like of the same there was race religion there was uh yeah there was a tv show or a movie she was in it and basically she she was the diversity oh oh, yeah uh late night you know is is that is that what it is is? because it's got that one chick because i made yeah i made a point to want to watch that and then just stuff kept happening that i never got to um so hold on, yeah, yeah it's called late night to... dude that movie's so good <laughs> like i actually okay. enjoyed it a lot um but yeah that's that's something that i'm gonna have to watch mm-hmm. real soon because that was something that i did want to go like out of my way the to way watch. i just called um, um emma thompson that chick that one chick <laughs> 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 lol that's funny but yeah, no, that one's really good. And that kind of brings up like a second thing that I wanted to talk about um, too is that like oftentimes we'll have characters and like the whole argument is that like, oh, well, if you have certain like people in these roles, then you have to also put like, like it has to be historically accurate and they're like, okay, well, oh. if they were actually going to be in this time period then like either they would be portrayed by white people or like they would be like a slave or like discriminated Mm -hmm. against ridiculously to like a very high and ridiculous standard um i think a lot of times when they want to cast a black actor as a slave or servant they're not doing it all the time for historical accuracy or any type of accuracy because 
when they make it a point to be like historically accurate, they're going to do it for a shock yeah. factor because something bad is about yeah. to happen to them. Like it is almost always to show the bad thing that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost always for like yeah. the trauma porn and it's ridiculous. And then like mm-hmm. things will happen like uh, like in um, Game of Thrones, the one girl that was the like hand maiden or servant or whatever to Daenerys um she yes. was black and yeah. she was also from a literal enslaved peoples like their entire like race was mm-hmm. enslaved and they were like oh we would like to not see it only black people portrayed as slaves and they're like okay but like it has to be it's for the realism and we're like it's literally a fantasy world my guy um that's crazy but then you'll get the like arguments as well as like okay well if it was the other way around then it would be considered racist like if you cast white people as like black people it's racist which we were just talking about earlier with like um what's his face the fidel fidel castro casting oh mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. again is like this is a story of like an actual person's experience this isn't like fiction <laughs> like that there's yeah. a difference between the two and if you know like mm-hmm. we're all kind of subject to social conditioning and it does see the way that like we view stories and like there's a play it's called um the shipment and if you're interested in just diving into this issue it's definitely one that i would suggest um, but basically, it's a play with an all-black cast, and the first part of the play, they show um, just, like, all of the stereotypes and tropes that black people generally get cast as, and it's super crude and uncomfortable for the audience, and, like, that's the point. Um, but it makes the second part of the play even more, like, impactful, because the second part of the play is just, it's all the same actors, um, and they play, it's like a birthday party, and it's a one-room setting and, you know, like, secrets are spilled, friendships are tested. You know, the typical thing that you would see in, like, a regular, you know, mm-hmm. low-budget play. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, as the characters are resolving their issues and, like, you know, they're like, okay, well, let's all, like, be together. Let's play a game. And they end up playing, like, a game where uh, they have to, like, give an impression of someone. And one of the impressions they have to give is like an impression of like an African guy. And then one of the, the characters speaks up and is like, Hey, I don't know if this feels right. All of us are white. Shouldn't there be like a black person in the room if we're going to do this? Uh... To which the shock value of the audience is, Oh, the black people are playing white people. (laughs) But because we've Mm -hmm. been so socially conditioned to see, like to not assume that black people can play other races just like white people have always done (laughs) we automatically assume and impose certain things onto them that white people don't which proves the point that there is a difference between people in fiction being recast fake people people that literally don't exist being recast as different like identities and races and having their like experiences go along with that than it is when you're putting a white person in someone else's experience like that they literally have never experienced and like will never experience or understand like it's Mm -hmm. it's a very big difference 
to like screw historically accurate oh my god <laughs> yeah going kind of going off that if um if you want to see a fantasy world where race doesn't it's it's not that it doesn't matter um but where if you want to see black people who aren't essentially slaves or kind of like thought badly of uh there's the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks and I'm not going to get too into it cuz it's it's a big series and there's a lot to talk about but the magic system is based off of light and um if you have darker skin then it's actually better for you to use the magic um and they handle race in that very well which is it doesn't <laughs> matter um and for when it does matter um they address it very well um so just if if people are upset that their fantasy worlds aren't historically accurate because there's no way it it can be done differently <laughs> they i recommend reading that and just kind of seeing how he handles if it if people are mad that their fantasy worlds can't be different or created in a different way then they just have the worst imagination possible <laughs> <laughs> like hello my guy if i were asking you to create a fantasy world i would just not because apparently it's gonna suck mm -hmm. uh, the fantasy world's a little too lifelike <laughs> where's for the me. creativity where's the spice literally mm -hmm. like come on <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was I, that was definitely something i thought of when watching this because i was like oh it's like it's a like like persuasion jane austen like those are very well known like characters archetypes mm -hmm. like regardless of where you are in like literary stand <laughs> standing but like mm -hmm. to have characters You've at least heard of that it. are like diverse and able to play the characters as they are is just like it's just proof that like it can work and it can be great and wonderful and enjoyable you know Mm -hmm. give it to us I agree. we want more definitely for sure <laughs> um, and if even if it means we're the ones who have to make it yeah like i'll i'll yep let's do it fem noir production company i'm down question mark exclamation mark <laughs> <laughs> 2023 hey <laughs> somebody fund <laughs> us <laughs> let's do it um also, okay, this is, like, very off-topic to what we were just talking about. I mean, it does have to do with the movie, mm -hmm. but, like, you've seen The Holiday, right? Yeah. Did this movie not movie feel like The Holiday like Jack to you? Like, I feel like it had the same, like, um... tone, I guess. I could get behind that, just with the... And the soundtrack. Kind of, like, the falling in love, and then the... Oh, no. Okay, we were going different different paths with that. <laughs> I was going to say with kind of like the misconnections almost and just mm. the falling in love aspect, the romance of it. Yeah. And like, well, I don't know what it is, but Kate Winslet's character in that felt very much like Anne. I could see that. Okay, I could see that. I could get behind that. But then also the soundtrack is just super like nostalgic and melancholy. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, like, I want this movie soundtrack. I already have the holiday soundtrack, and, like, I would just play those over and over again. <laughs> it's the Do fall you really? anthem. 
it's just so nice like i just love it like i don't know why my brain literally is just like latched on and i was like i'm never letting go but like Mm -hmm. okay so there's like the lines that she has in this movie that are like here lies Anne, and you know like who suffered cosmic love but handled it quite impressively um (laughs) you've got the the like no one tells you when you're young that life keeps going whether you approve of its progression or not which sounds very like in cadence at least to like um what's a a holiday quote (laughs) we are the cursed of the loved ones we are the unloved ones the walking wounded the handicapped without the advantage of a great parking space like The writing, or, like, at least the lines themselves are so similar. (laughs) You are selling me more on the similarities. Or, like, when she goes, like, I've willingly loved that man for over three miserable years. The absolute worst years of my life. The worst Christmas. The worst birthdays. New Year's Eve's brought in by tears and Valium. These years that I have been in love have been the (laughs) darkest days of my life. Like, tell me (laughs) these movies. (laughs) Those quotes are very very similar similar. and like even the way that they're like said are so like the cadence is the same i think i i saw a tiktok the other day that was like oh my gosh i was making fun of the i'm actually just gonna play it (laughs) lol let's hope we Mm -hmm. don't get taken down for this but it was um talking about how there's like the structure of uh (laughs) of the the of the line when Florence Pugh's character in Little Woman is saying her line and it's like the same exact structure mm-hmm. as um like the economic proposition in the social network. And she like says it and it's super funny. <laughs> I'm gonna play it, hang on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a poet, I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living or to support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't that money would belong to my husband. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. Yeah, I killed Fran. But I guess I didn't. This is actually knives out. So what do you have on me? Nothing. What attempted murder? I could arson for the building and a few other charges. With a good lawyer, which I have, I'll be out in no time and then you'll see just how much hell I can make on your life, you vicious little bitch. May not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. <laughs> well, not a poet, I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living. Or to support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. <laughs> like, I just thought it was so funny. So, that's actually kind of... That gave me a little bit of fleabag vibes. Bro, for real. Yeah. She she definitely yeah. played that that last one was um supposed to be Andrew Garfield when he does the like slamming on the table part in the social network. Mm-hmm. And then the first part was a different social network character. I forget. I think it's one of Jesse Eisenberg's character. And then the middle one was uh Chris Evans' character and knives out. And I was like, that's oh. so interesting. And I don't know why, but like after like, while I was watching this movie, all I could think about was the holiday, and then I was like, dude, these movies sound exactly the same. They have, like, the very same, like, 
speaking structure and i was like that's so interesting because i don't hear enough about that and now i'm obsessed and i want to know all of them (laughs) that tiktok was by macy mentier by the way now i want to just watch both films back to back i know i was like i just want to watch the holiday i think the first time i watched persuasion i had watched it with a friend and we just watched all of the other jane austen like based on movies yeah this persuasion we watched emma okay with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Mm -hmm. yeah, and I was like, it's kind of great that, like, every single one of these has just such a very specific aesthetic, and, like, they all match no matter who they're directed by. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're all from the same author, so. This one, the only difference was, like, it did feel more modern, and like I said, I think a lot of the stylistic choices were to thank for that um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think i think we're done with our like discussion of the movie (laughs) that last part was kind of just for fun but um yeah so you know it's a podcast whatever happens (laughs) happens um Mm -hmm. is it time for the which i wanted to ask you i was like can we there's what four prominent men not including the dad. Um. Oh, not including the dad. So there's uh Mr. Elliot Henry Golding. Um. There's the Wentworth, obviously Cosmo Jarvis. Um. The younger sister's husband. No, just kidding, uh, Charles Musgrove. I'm thinking of his friends. Oh, Harville and of? the guy that ends up marrying. Lisa. Oh, the two captains. I forgot about them. Because I was like, can we just do it with, like, Harville, Henry Golding, and um, mm-hmm. the guy that marries Louisa? <laughs> the three hottest people in the film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay yeah, was, with not doing one word. Um, no, like I said, it looked like his mouth was full of marshmallows. He just, like, looked time. dirty to me. Like, he had dirt just, like... And I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know if they were trying to make him scruffy because he's a ship captain, so he's always at sea, and it was something to do with yeah, like I that. I just, I didn't appreciate the scruffy look on him. But yeah, he just looked so dirty the whole time, and I was just like, like I don't know. I just wanted someone to like wipe his face, mm-hmm. like it, like you know how they'll have like, um. Yeah. Those, like, guy, yeah, like, greasers and stuff, and they, like, work on, Greases. like, motorcycles, and they always have grease on their face. That's what he looked like the whole time, and I was like, why? There's oh. no reason. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it's fine. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, what was up with his Yeah, like, I get having the scruffy, makeup, like, thing going, which totally worked for Harville, so I don't know why it didn't work for him, but I don't know. It was weird. I agree. Um, so remind me, is Harville? Harville yeah, is that his actual one, character one, name? Right? <laughs> it was something that know, ended I'm with like an Arville the... sound. <laughs> um, I don't think he's on my little cast list right here. They put wow. the debt collector on the cat li- cast list. That was very funny. 
that scene when he just like <laughs> he's like daddy's broke princess and Wait, he takes the takes whole the pastry. thing of pastries but then he takes the one out of her hand <laughs> uh, so rude yeah um why don't we instead of doing him since we don't know we don't know the other oh yeah it was Harville. okay i'm correct it was Harville and okay. Benwick. Mm-hmm. Benwick? The one that marries Louisa. With a B? Uh-huh. Or we could do Louisa's brother, Musgrove. Musgrove? I kind of like him better. Musgrove, Harville, and... Uh, yeah. Mr. Elliot. Okay. Yeah. Wow, the one time we actually have like a lot of hot people to choose from. <laughs> it's and, hard. Like, they're all decent. <laughs> like, like I liked all of their characters. I'm oh, gonna, no. I'm gonna have to let you go first on this um, one. Hmm. 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 I'd probably marry Musgrove, just because, like, he seems very marryable. We've seen how he is in marriage already, so, like, probably, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Oh, dang, that's kind of hard. Who would I rather put in the friend zone? I'd probably screw both Harville and Mr. Elliot, but after screwing them, I would friend zone Mr. Elliot. Like, I would still, like, we'd be friends, like, but, like, legit friends. If I were, like, friend zoning anyone, I guess technically it would be Harville because I just, like, would probably screw him and, like, not hang out with him again, unfortunately. Like, I don't think we'd vibe as well. Okay. He's like too nice. He's too nice. I so he's too nice. They can't like judge other people. He was like too nice Mm -hmm. to me, to me, to me. But like, I would have so much fun with Mister Elliot, just like as a legitimate friend. I disagree (laughs) with you. Yeah. I think I think Elliot would be a good acquaintance. I don't know if I could be like friends with him. I feel like he'd be he, like my go-to plus one. He'd be my go-to uh, plus one if my husband's not available. Mm. He well, no, he was very um, like you saw it in the sweet shop and at the the opera, um, where he was just very like on top of her when Wentworth was there and he had to be very controlling. Like he was just so jealous. And I feel like that would Maybe. transition into his like friendships like too. He liked the other girl. Yeah. Which was very confusing to me, but also funny. Mrs. I think he just Clay. didn't like uh yeah. what's his face. Yeah. Wentworth because he mm. he did that thing in the beginning. Cause when they first meet, he like He's like, can I help you? He stood up. And he's like, I'm sorry, do you have a claim on this woman? <laughs> and he even apologizes for it later. He's like, sorry, yeah. that wasn't my place. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it was not your place. 
he can come as close to me as he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can stand in my way all day. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> oh, um, I think if I was to choose, so I agree with Musgrove um, as Mary. Um, cause he just seems like a very patient husband and any time I'd have like some crazy, yeah. And like, I'd he's also do, funny support it. Like he had some pretty um, good one liners and digs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like I said, I agree with marrying him. Um, I would friendzo, friend zone Harville. Like legitimate he likes books. Friend. I like books. I feel like we could. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could be like actual friends. Um, and then I just I'd fuck Henry Golding, and we'd have a fun <laughs> time. On. It'd be great, and then we'd both move on. That's not even the friend zone, is it? That's yeah. just a one night stand. <laughs> I guess friend zone in the term that men think the friend zone Wait, is. Wait, it will. Oh. Oh well. Yeah. But maybe maybe that is what they think the friend zone is. I don't I don't know. They think they'll well no, because they're stands. mad that you won't fuck them. That's funny. Yeah. Like I <laughs> think it's so stupid that the friend zone exists. <laughs> like like quote unquote friend zone is not how we always put men in the friend zone. We're like, yeah, no, he'd be a great friend. We're like legitimate about it. We're like, yes, no, he'd be such a great friend. I want to be fr- friends with him. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, she won't fuck me. When men get upset about the whole friend zone thing, it's just like you came to me wanting to be my friend. You were my friend. And now you're upset that because I don't want to sleep with you, we... I'm friend zoning you? Like, no, you're no longer you're no my friend. Longer. No longer speaking to you. Because you just lied yeah, to me literally, for the like, entire amount of time just, that we knew like, each other. Like, the friend zone does not exist. Like, that is purely your own, like, prison that you've put yourself in because that was no, like, my intentions have been up front from the beginning, which was friendship. Don't think I said it any other way. Yes. That's what we thought this was to begin with. Now, all of a sudden... There's a name, and I'm being accused? Excuse me. (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm treating you like I would any other normal person would when we're friends. Just because a girl is nice to you doesn't mean that sex has to be involved. (laughs) Like, my guy, what primitive world is this? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's my favorite part of Fuck, Marry, Friends Zone. And I just think it's funny because every time we're like, no, yeah, it's we can't even literally friend zone a dude because, like, we're like, no, like, he'd actually be a great friend. I would actually be friends with this guy. <laughs> but any, yeah. like, dude in yeah, real life. Yeah, and I'd actually like, be friends friend with Harville. Be, like, so pissed. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Well, what would uh, you rate the film? I I gave it a 9. I give it a 9 out of 10. I really liked it. Um, I would definitely watch it again. And next time I'd watch it, I'd have a glass of wine um, <laughs> so that I could drink with Dakota Fanning. Um, Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Um, yeah. 
I, I had an, I had a blast. It, it was funny. I laughed. Um, the cinematography was great. I definitely recommend it. And I would rewatch. So I gave it a 9 out of 10. Hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking. Um, hmm. No, yeah, that's that's fair. I can't think I would give it any lower. Like, there's... Like, I can think of maybe, like, one or two things that would have made it better, but, like, they're all just, like, opinion things. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a movie, it's solid. It is a solid movie. I would... This Was this made by Netflix? Or is it just on Netflix? I think it was, like, a Netflix Because, like, I would... I. So I don't think it, like, okay. released in Because, like, I would... I would probably buy this movie if i yeah could. like i i enjoyed it it's definitely going on a list of like like comfort movies i guess maybe like yes, it was super yeah. fun super relatable loved it have already watched it more than once and have recommended it to people so yeah i'd give it a mm-hmm. nine nine out of ten nice the only reason i can't give it a 10 is because like i don't like wentworth <laughs> can we recast exactly exactly uh i think yeah aside from like some opinion and like personal (laughs) preference changes um i think wentworth is a full point off of a perfect score it was kind of boring like in my head the the end is she marries golding's character she marries Mm. mr elliot yeah she accepts his offer Uh they have fun for the rest of their lives her and wentworth are still friends and yeah, that's that, in my head. That's that's my ideal ending. They just like are like, yeah, no, the Louisa and Benick are getting married, and then she's like, oh, that's great. And I guess you are right. My love didn't last as long as yours, and she accepts that and is like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. That was that was rude. And he's yeah, like, yeah, okay. because women don't have to be pining after men for all of eternity. <laughs> he's like. All right, I accept that. I am still in love with you. And she goes, okay. And he goes, but I am just really glad that you're happy. And they're both happy. The end. He goes off and becomes a great admiral. I, okay. Cut the I, could, I could get behind that. I'm not upset at this ending. I do like this ending. Um, But I could get behind that yeah. too. Like I like I get the ending. It makes sense for the story. Like literally the whole time we're like talking about what's getting in between the two of them and like that having to be reconciled. Like I get it, uh-huh. but like you know, just for like fantasy's sake, that would be my ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. It's still pretty high score. All nine right. out of ten. So I just realized. Yeah, nine out of ten. I guess I wouldn't consider this to be a rom-com necessarily. I don't know. Vic probably would, and she probably I would not would. I like think... it as much, which is funny because she always gives them like rom-com super low scores, and so I'm just like so surprised we have a nine out of ten for a rom-com. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that actually makes sense because you and I actually both enjoy watching rom-coms too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. That's funny. I, I'm a big rom-com girl. So just review all rom-coms with you. <laughs> oh, please. The more that I can watch, the happier I'll be. I will watch them all. Even if they're bad. And I'll be like, wow, this is really bad. 
my guilty pleasure. So if it's not rom-coms, like if I can't watch a rom-com, my guilty pleasure is bad superhero (laughs) movies. So if you ever want to do those too. Oh my God. Am I I sensing a a mini series? Maybe. First movie, Catwoman. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Dude. Okay. No, I think we, we should definitely do that. That sounds really fun. Maybe that will be our first series on Patreon. You guys can uh, tune into that when that comes out. Okay, so do you have any recommendations? Uh, I've got a couple. Um, the, I mean, the first the first movie everyone's going to think of right off the bat, Pride and Prejudice, two thousand five, Kira Knightley. <laughs> Dude, that movie's such a pop. Yeah, I love that movie. 
It is. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I need to explain why. Um, that's just such a great movie. The scene with the hand, uh, or like the shot with the hand after he helps her up on the carriage. Um, my favorite. Uh, I think we should talk about. But that yeah, movie. so that's the first one do a, do that a, everyone's. Maybe we can do a Jane Austen series. Dude, that too. is that that movie um, is it. It's tied for my favorite movie with my next recommendation, um, yes. which is Ten Things I Hate About You. The way I quote uh, that movie on that a one, daily basis. Dude, it has so many quotable lines. So many quotable lines. Um, cultural touch right there. But I recommend that movie because it's um, also retelling. It's a based off of movie. And it's based off of The Taming of the Shrew by mm-hmm. William Shakespeare. Um, so it's just, it's a modern retelling of a classic um that's just fun it's a comedy it's a rom-com um that i think a lot of people would just very much enjoy um and then the another one it's the same thing it's a a based off of retelling of emma Mm. and i don't know how many people know this but it's clueless the movie that i'm recommending is clueless Clueless. (laughs) because it's based off of yeah it's so good also mm-hmm. directed by a woman. We could also review that one. Ooh, great, great, yeah, great wreck. That's another one we can do. <laughs> um, I definitely, <laughs> obviously, would recommend The Holiday, considering I literally could not stop thinking about it. Um, <laughs> what's funny is I was also going to recommend Emma with uh, Anna Taylor-Joy in it, um, just because, like, stylistically, I think the humor plays out similarly. I didn't like it mm-hmm. as much, though. I don't really know why you didn't yeah. like emma as much but like if you liked the style of this you'd probably I didn't like watch it one. but is it is it is it just as funny it is i just i don't know why i didn't like that much i think it was more just like the characters okay that's fair <laughs> but bill nye british guy not the science guy is in it and he's mm. absolutely amazing oh. too <laughs> And I think that one actually has he is, he's like, a really good the actor. greatest line out of all of Jane Austen's like stories in it. So that's that's the one that has the line where it's like What's that? If I loved you any less then maybe I could talk about it. Hmm. And then she faints. <laughs> that is a good line. And is like, no, 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 no. Or she doesn't faint. She just is like super disappointed because she's like, well, this complicates things because I thought you were in love with my best friend and my best friend is definitely in love with you, but I'm also in love with you. And so now, classic Jane Austen, we have a lot of missed connections that we've got to reconnect. (laughs) Uh, Super fun. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Those are all good recommendations. I like, feel like I have another one, but I like can't think of it, you know? It's fine. All right. Well, I think now we are at the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, stay tuned for more that we have coming out soon. Um, 
And, you know, you can always DM us and tell us other things that you would want for us to do on a Patreon if you guys were to become our patrons, you know? Just just an idea. Yeah, let us know what you want. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you want to hear um, more of. We can very well make that happen. (laughs) 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 We can definitely make that happen. Um, So, yeah, we'll see you or we'll talk with you in the next one. (laughs) Bye. Bye.